Welcome to the Cheapskate Show, everybody. Our goal here is to teach you how to save money and introduce you to unusually affordable products we think you'll really like. For example, have you totally written off digital photo frames as being overly complicated or expensive? Well, get ready for two pleasant surprises. And Bill and Ted's next excellent adventure is now available to rent and buy. What is the smarter and cheaper move? I'm Rick Broida, CNET Senior Commerce Editor, but better known as the Cheapskate. And joining me, as always, is the Alex Winter to my Keanu Reeves, Dave Johnson. Hello, Dave. Well, thank you. I do like being a noted and respected documentarian. (laughs) Most people listening are going, Alex who? So when you wrote that introduction, did you know that Alex Winter has become a documentarian? No, I don't think I did. I think I think the last time I heard that Alex Winter was a person who existed was probably 20 years ago when the first Bill and Ted movie came out. <laughs> I subsequently forgot he existed. So you were simply trying to cast me as a Garfunkel or Oat. Well, he's actually done a number of documentaries. He's done one on the deep web. I believe he's currently doing one on Frank Zappa, and he's been very successful. So, everybody, uh, let's move on to business. I wanted to circle back on something that we talked about a week or two ago. I think uh, someone had asked about getting a protective case for your Apple Watch, which I sort of poo-pooed. Yeah, you did poo-poo that. Meanwhile, I have a case on my watch as we speak. What's happened to you, Rick? So so guess what happened last week? I cracked my Apple Watch screen. There's a crack about maybe, I don't know, a quarter inch uh, along one of the corners, and I'm kind of bummed. I've never had that happen before, and I find it ironic that we were just talking about this unnecessary accessory, and now I wish I had one. Now, here's the operative question. Do you have Apple Care, so can you get it fixed? No, I do not have Apple Care. In fact, I'm pretty sure I bought this Apple Watch refurbished, as I do, and so it's long since out of warranty or whatever. But I've had it literally a couple of years. I don't know what I will do. Um, I, I mean, it's fine. The watch still works just fine. It's just every time I look at it, I'm a little bummed because I see that scratch or that crack. But I'm not going to turn around and spend another $300 or whatever, $400 to get on a Series 5. So I guess I'm just going to live with it for a while. Well, you could do what I did with my original watch, because as I've mentioned a number of times, I claim that it died in a tragic skateboarding accident because (laughs) I did fall off a skateboard and landed on my watch. So I got a big crack in it. But then a couple of months later, I wore it on a water slide and taking it into the water is what finally killed it. There's times where I feel like I should be walking the walk, since I have talked the talk so often, of using a cheap smartwatch. You know, like the Amazfit Bip, for example, is one I've talked about a bunch. And there are many others. And, you know, and I even have a couple that I could just just as easily start using. I just really like the Apple Watch. I like the way it does notifications, the way I can reply to stuff right on the watch. I like the fact that I can actually have a phone conversation via the watch, uh, although I don't do that very often. So, you know, I'm just struggling right now. So, Rick, I have a problem. (laughs) 
<laughs> just the one? Yeah, just one. I've got like 20,000 photos on my phone. I don't know what to do with them. Yes, I think you have described a very common modern problem, which is that we've all had phones now for six, seven, ten years, and we've all just taken photos and photos and photos. And here's the thing. We never see them because they're trapped on our phones, or maybe we occasionally make prints or albums or whatever, but we have gazillions of photos, and it's kind of a shame. It's a waste that they never get viewed. I haven't looked into this in a long time, but I don't know, 15 years ago, I had one or two photo frames, and I kind of fell out of love with them because the photo frames I had at the time, you had to stick an SD card or a compact flash card in there with the photos, and it would cycle through them, and the screens were dim, and overall, I just didn't like the experience, but have they improved? Yeah, so I think that's the impression that a lot of people got years ago when these – and to, spe- to clarify here, we're talking about digital photo frames, okay? So a, a digital picture frame that runs kind of a constant slideshow of your photos. And, yeah, the early efforts were – they were small, they were dim, they were expensive, they were a pain in the butt to use. And I get why the category sort of died because, you know, they just – it just didn't – it wasn't a good product. It wasn't a good user experience. But the good news is they have improved considerably over the years, and there's there are not many of them out there actually anymore. There's not many brands left, but there are a couple, and they're good, and I really wanted to talk about them because just this past week, I wrote about a digital photo frame deal that was unusually good, and it has since sold out, but I know for a fact that it'll, it will be back because I've been working with the vendor so, Dave, are you not currently using uh, a photo frame in, in your apartment? No, I'm not. I can tell you what I wish I had. I wish that my 50-inch TV was a digital photo frame and would just cycle <laughs> through all the photos on my phone. Well, that's that's a different product category, but we'll, we'll save that for another time. You actually can. There's a couple different Roku apps, and I think probably for Fire TV as well, where you can actually just turn your TV into that kind of photo slideshow which is kind of cool in a way, but then you're leaving your TV on all the time and the experience is still kind of challenging. It's not really easy to get your photos there and all that. But anyway, I digress. What I wanted to talk about are a couple of digital photo frames that you can get for very reasonable prices that do a really good job of it. So Nixplay, and that's N-I-X-P-L-A-Y, and we'll include links in the show notes, of course, makes a line of digital photo frames, a couple different styles, couple different sizes. But the upshot is this. The frames themselves are very attractive. They have very nice, bright, uh, sharp screens. And the beauty of it is that to add photos to them, you can do it any number of different ways. You can upload them directly from your phone which is about as easy as as it gets. You can suck them in from your Facebook account or your Instagram account. You can even get like a dedicated email address for that frame so that friends and family can send new pictures to the frame for you for your surprise and delight. Did you know that all of this was possible now? I did not. I particularly like the one where it gets its own email address. Yeah, I, that's true of the Nixplay ones. I, I don't know if some of the other uh, lower-end models have that capability as well, but at, at the bare minimum, you can do the Facebook thing and you can do the upload from your camera roll thing. So it's just I, I really want to emphasize here why it's so great to have one of these in your house. Uh, we have one in our kitchen very often. 
when we're sitting and having a meal or whatever, we're just passing through or whatever, we just kind of happen to glance over and you'll see a photo that's from years ago, from when the kids were little, from when you got your puppy, from, you know, lo- of long lost friends or family, whatever. And it's just nice. You know, you're just sitting there and all of a sudden you see this picture that you weren't expecting. And I just can't really say enough how meaningful that is, especially nowadays, to have that versus photos on your phone that you never look at, photo albums that are a pain in the butt to use you know to to make and then they sit on a shelf and you never look at them that to me is the joy of owning one of these devices and has the screen quality improved over the years it definitely has i mean you look at like tablet screens nowadays and and how great they are i think that most of the digital photo frames are similar they may not have quite the same resolution because you really don't need sky high resolution for your photos but yeah they're they're bright they're sharp and the frames have a lot of little nice little perks as well like you can like the Nixplay ones many of them have sensors so that when you walk in a room it will detect that you're there and then the screen will turn on and then when it you're out of the room uh, it doesn't detect any activity. The screen will turn off, a great way to save electricity. You can schedule them to just go off at night at a certain scheduled time. Just things like that, uh, which are great. You can use them in portrait or landscape mode. In other words, you can rotate them, and they will adjust the picture accordingly. They're just great, either for yourself or as a gift for someone else. And we're coming up into holiday times, and I'm going to be talking about these a little bit more as a gift item. They're just great. All right, so what if I don't want to go buy a standalone photo frame. You know, like we always talk about the fact that I am the king of buying single purpose kitchen appliances, <laughs> right? Yes. I have my pizza maker, I have my risotto maker and, and my sandwich squisher. Well, what if I don't want to get a photo frame that just only shows photos? Is there a way to like hack a tablet into a photo frame or something like that? Yeah, and that's a great question. I'm glad you brought that up. Anytime I write about photo frames, someone inevitably jumps into the comments and says, why don't you just use your old Kindle Fire tablet or whatever? And you absolutely can do that. In fact, Amazon's Fire HD 10 tablet, their 10-inch tablet, normally sells for 150 bucks, which is kind of in the ballpark of what you might pay for a standalone dedicated photo frame of that size. It frequently goes on sale, as we have discussed before, for about 100 bucks, uh, which makes it an even better deal. There are apps that you can get that kind of are designed to duplicate the photo frame experience. In fact, there is one that a reader just brought to my attention that I hadn't heard of that's called Photo, Photo, uh, I guess, <laughs> F-O-T-O-O, that is a digital photo frame slideshow player. Okay, so you install this on your tablet and it works kind of like the same the same way, but it doesn't have things like an email address that you can you know, sends new pictures to that app via email. That, that option is not available. But if you're looking for a DIY option and you have an old tablet lying around doing nothing, yeah, I would definitely look into one of those. There's another one that's called Framey, F-R-A-M-E-E, that is also specifically designed to turn old tablets into photo frames. And that's available for iOS as well. So that's great if you have an iPad. So, Rick, you wrote about one earlier in the week, right? Yeah, so there was this one that popped up on my radar that I hadn't heard of before, and I think um, it's kind of like this no-name 
company and, uh, and the frame itself is probably sold under different brands. But this particular one was from a company called AEZO, A-E-E-Z-O, and it was a 10-inch Wi-Fi digital picture frame that was on sale for 68 bucks, and that was with a coupon code and a promo code. And as I mentioned, that one has since expired, but it will be coming back, and we'll include the link to that post in the show notes so you can kind of track it if you want to. But definitely a more affordable price than I have seen in the past. Uh, you got a, an IPS screen. It was a touch screen with a decent resolution. So another option worth checking out if you're looking for something a little more affordable. So I'll just leave it there. If you tried a photo for a digital photo frame in the past and didn't like it, it's really time to look into these again. And if you've never tried one before, again, I just think it's such a great way to load up favorite photos and have a chance to see them and enjoy them when you're sitting around the house, which we're all doing nowadays. So, Rick, have you seen any good movies lately? Actually, I just, you're going to laugh, but I just rewatched the original Superman the movie from 1978. <laughs> would oh, you like to wow. know? Would you like to know why? Why? Because I was listening to a different podcast that's called The Soundtrack Show, where they do these really deep dives into great movie soundtracks, and I have always loved the soundtrack from Superman, so it made me want to rewatch the movie, which I did. Okay, so did you buy that movie or did you rent that movie? Well, I rented it. Not for any particular reason other than it was like three bucks to rent and I think it would have gonna it was gonna cost me more to buy, but I rented that one. Okay, Why do you so ask? This has been on my mind lately because the new Bill and Ted movie has actually, as of when we're recording this, just yesterday became available for rent or purchase. And I had done a story on CNET last week of here are all the ways you can buy or rent the movie. And the price differential made me wonder, what's the smarter play? Now, Bill and Ted is a curious example because like many movies that are just coming to homes, either not having been in the theater or just out of theater, it's expensive. It's 25 bucks to buy it, but $20 to rent it, which is still a lot of money. And I don't know, what, what would you do in this case? If there's only a $5 difference between buying or renting the movie, what would you do? Yeah, this new movie math definitely requires a little bit of thought because we've seen this with the, some other releases where it's $20 to rent them. And I don't even know if there even was a, a buy option for some of those, but it has made me wonder like, okay, if I was going to go to a theater to see this particular movie, what would it cost me versus the, because $20 sounds like a lot to rent a movie to watch at home. But when you compare it with the cost of going to the theater, it's actually not that much at all, maybe even a little cheaper. But 20 versus 25 bucks, I think, unless it's a movie that I, unless I know it's something I'll never, ever watch again, I would probably just spend the extra 25 bucks and, and buy it outright. What, what do you think? I know you're kind of anti-buying movies, aren't you? For the most part, although if there is such a small price differential, I'd probably be inclined to buy as well. But I have to say that this new price model really does offend me. I get the fact <laughs> that, yeah, it's not that different than if I went to the theater. Because if I'm going to go, it's going to cost, what, I don't know, $8, 10 $12 to buy a ticket. 
and then I'm probably going to get something to drink while I'm there. I have to pay for parking maybe, especially if you live in L.A. So, yeah, you're looking at 20 or $30 just to see a movie in the theater. But you're also paying for the theater experience. If I'm just sitting on my sofa at home watching a movie... I'm bringing all the goods. I have my own popcorn. I have my own soda. I have my own sofa. Why am I paying a premium to 20th Century Fox for the privilege of watching it at home? That is a very good question. And, you know, really, I guess the the bigger question is, will we ever get to go back to an actual movie theater? And what will it cost when that happens? Uh, Obviously, we don't know the answer to that. I don't know if any movie chains are going to hang on long enough to survive the pandemic. Let's use as an example a movie like Mulan, okay, which I think is coming to Disney+. Plus. I don't think it's been released yet, but I think it's coming fairly soon. And they set the price at that for at $30 to rent. And you just begs the question, like, well, how much is anybody really willing to pay for a, a home movie rental and does it depend on the movie here's my prediction i think we're going to start to see movies priced based on how many people they think will be sitting around the sofa watching it for example mulan is a family film so a family of four is probably going to watch that together so at let's say nine dollars a ticket to go to the theater that's 36 bucks renting it for 30 at home is cheaper but if i'm going to watch the new John Wick movie, that's not going to be a family of four sitting around and watching that unless you're a terrible parent. So (laughs) then that should be more like 15 or $20 tops because it's going to be for two people. So Dave, let me ask you a different question. So say there's a movie like, um, I'm going to use Baby Driver as an example, which is one of my favorite movies the last couple of years. And say you've seen that movie, yes? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. So let's say... You decide, hey, you know, I really like that movie, Baby Driver. I would like to see that again. So you go online and you discover that you can rent Baby Driver for five bucks, or you can buy it outright for it, it's on sale for ten bucks. Okay, normally it's fifteen or even twenty. It's on sale for ten bucks. What do you do in that scenario? And I'm not asking because I have an answer or an, even an opinion. I'm just curious, you yourself, what do you do in that instance? Personally, my margin is about $5. So if the difference between the rental and purchase price is $5 or so, I'll err on the side of buying it. But if the rental is 5 but the purchase is 15 no, then I'll just I'll rent it. Yeah, I think I'm about the same in the same place as you are. Um, I mean, I will sometimes buy movies when they are on sale, uh, like specifically like a Marvel movie. Uh, there was a, there was a. A while back, a couple of the Marvel movies, uh, like in digital form, were on sale, I think, for like seven or eight bucks or whatever. And I thought, these are movies I'm going to want to watch again. Uh, this was before Disney Plus came along, <laughs> and I could just watch them <laughs> anytime I wanted, as often as I wanted. Uh, but I bought them, and I added them to my library. And I think you and I talked about this, too. Like, you, you don't really have much of a digital movie library. You, you still have, like, Blu-rays and even DVDs, I think, but you don't have much in the way of digital. 
Yeah, and for exactly the reason that you just mentioned, because I think you, when you mentioned Disney Plus, it was kind of a joke, but that's exactly the reason is I don't know what the future holds. I'm not going to buy movies because, A, the apocalypse could happen and I won't be able to watch them because <laughs> there won't be electricity anymore. Or more likely, there's going to be different distribution systems. Like a Disney Plus will emerge that I subscribe to that gives me access to all the movies that I had already bought. So I wasted my money buying it. So I hold out until I need something before I make a decision of whether to buy or rent. Yeah, and actually, I have to fess up. I, I told you a little bit of a lie earlier. When I went to find Superman online, I saw that I could rent it for 3 bucks, and normally I would have just gone ahead and done that. But then I noticed that it was available on DC Universe, which is a streaming service, not just movies. It also has, like, comics and things like that. It's a whole thing. And there was a free seven-day trial. So, like, okay, I'm going to sign up for seven days and watch my movie, and then I'll be done. <laughs> it turns out there is not a single other, like, live action movie on the service they're all animated stuff and whatever that just i'm not interested in but to your point yeah it seems like instead of renting anymore we can even now just subscribe to a service for a month watch whatever movie is on it that we want to see and then ditch it for almost the same price as what a rental would be which means you can work through a dozen streaming services before you actually have to spend money on anything Yes, you absolutely can. And so I would love to hear from some listeners on this subject. Where do you come down on the whole buy versus rent question? How much are you willing to pay for a new release movie that you can rent and watch at home? Is $20 fair? Would you pay $30? Would you pay more than that? Let us hear from you, everybody. The address for that is Cheapskate Show at cbsinteractive.com. So, Rick, let me ask you a question. When you're like sitting around in your living room late at night trying to watch TV without disturbing the family or working in your office at your computer, do you have any headphones that you use to work quietly? I do. Um, I tend to grab for my little earbuddy type ones rather than the over-the-ear ones just because, uh, I don't know, easier for some reason. But that's my that's my preference. What do you, you use? you don't care about sound quality, apparently. No, no. I <laughs> I have, like, big, beefy headphones. Like, yeah, you'd see in a, in a, like, a magazine print ad from 1973. I love headphones. I like high-quality headphones. And the problem that I have is they take up space. They they sit on the corner of the desk or on a counter somewhere, and they're in the way. So for a long time, I have looked for a way to hang my headphones under the desk or under the table so they're not cluttering things up. <laughs> well, I know, no one likes clutter. I, I actually looked for a way to hang them under my desk for a long time, and I had gotten a, a bathroom hook, you know, the kind of plastic hooks that have sticky stuff on the back and you can hang it on your door. I put that underneath my desk, and I would hang my headphones from that, but that it wasn't grippy enough and it was too easy to knock down, but I have found a better solution, and that brings us to one of our best under-20 deals. Let's have it. So this thing is called the Anchor. It is an under-desk headphones mount that it has this really, really strong adhesive that sticks to the underside of your desk, and it's big enough 
that it can hang not just one, but actually two pairs of headphones if you want. And that's the problem with the makeshift ones that I have tried in the past. The, the bathroom hook style things, they're not big enough and the headphones just barely hang on. This thing is beefy enough that it can hold actually two different pairs of headphones. I really, really like this. And the best part is this thing only costs 12 bucks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you don't sound <laughs> sold. No, I mean, I, I admire your enthusiasm toward this product. Um, it's, again, it's not something that I would really need or even want for myself because I feel like if I had headphones hanging under my desk, I'd be constantly banging into them with my knee or whatever. Well, here's a pro tip for you. Don't hang them under the desk where your knee is. <laughs> well, my desk is very small. You mentioned that this is the kind of headphone that you listen to. When I'm at my desk, I almost always grab for just earbuds or whatever. But the couple times I visited CNET's offices in both New York and San Francisco, you know, I've always been a work-from-home guy, so I've never had coworkers, barely ever worked in an office environment. But I was really struck by the number of people that I saw sitting at their desks wearing exactly the kind of headphones that you that describe, the over-the-ear kind. So obviously this is a popular option for many folks. And yeah, you know, I love little inexpensive products that solve problems. You have this for the headphones. I've talked about the phone loop before that goes on your phone case to help you grip your phone. So yeah, stuff like this is great. So we're going to give everyone a link to this in the show notes, of course. We will indeed. And I'd just like to point out that speaking of inexpensive, when I did work in an office, I had 3D printed my own headphone hook that hung from the divider in a cubicle. That's where my headphones were for the longest time. That's where I remember seeing that. It was at your office. I was going to say, this sounds like something you could actually 3D print. You could 3D print something like this, but then you'd have to get a really good adhesive to hold it to the bottom of your desk. <laughs> Well, God knows there's there's none of that out there. Like, isn't there like 3M sticky pads available in every shape and size known to man? And in fact, this uses a 3M sticky pad. Perfect. There you go. All right, everybody. So that's how we have solved your headphone problems for today. Uh, once again, if you have a question for us, you'd like us to talk about a particular product, a deal, a way to save money, or you want to tell us how you hang your headphones, you can reach us via email at cheapskateshow at cbsinteractive.com. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll be back next week with more deals and more money-saving advice. In the meantime, you can find daily deals by visiting cnet.com slash cheapskate and following us on Twitter at CheapskateBlog or Facebook at CheapskateRick. So until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, stay cheap. And please, everybody, be kind to each other.